to turn somebody next to you and say, you are a beautiful thing. <laughs> we're going to talk about that today. If you were here last week, we talked about beautiful things. And, you know, some of you, that's the first time you've heard that in a long time. Hallelujah. Hey, quickly, let's stand and make our confession. I'm sorry. I'm one step behind myself. Okay. <laughs> let's say this together. It's up on the screen. If you're visiting, we make this confession every week when we come together. Actually, every service. Let's say this together. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, it's so simple. So simple. You can be seated. Hallelujah. We're going to be in part two of under construction today. If you're visiting or weren't here last Sunday, I asked them uh, to make it look like we're under construction. I think they did a great job. We got flashing lights. And uh, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to get the CD that we are created by God. We're created by God. Everything in the earth, everything in the earth belongs to God, it says in Psalm 24, 1. And that God owns the earth and he owns the fullness thereof. He owns all the people in it. So today, if you don't know who is owner of your life, that would be God. Turn to somebody and say, God owns my life. Yes, hallelujah. And when you leave this earth, you will spend life somewhere. Uh, eternally and and if you receive Jesus the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord then you are guaranteed that you will spend eternity in heaven with Father God with Jesus our Savior and our Lord and so this morning as we share this we're going to be turning um, to Colossians 1 if you want to go there I have a couple of scriptures I'm just going to give a review of last week enough that those that are with us that weren't last week can stay on track with us maybe from uh, what we shared we're sharing from um, Hebrews 11:3, and in Hebrews 11:3, I'll just read that are you have it up on the, can you put that one up on the screen for me this will be our text for this whole teaching but Hebrews 11:3. by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible that's very important today in the message that you uh, understand that definition that that definition that God gives of how he frames things he frames things by things that are unseen he takes those things and he makes them visible in other words the invisible is more real than the visible that we see in God's eyes in other he takes everything from the invisible and he brings it into where we can see it so today as we look at the Word of God it says that the just shall live by faith and not by sight what does that mean we do not look at the things that are seen but we look at the things that are unseen and we we keep our focus on Jesus the author and finisher of our faith why because we can't see him but we know he is how many of you who are saved know Jesus is your Lord and Savior so we keep our focus on those things and not on the things we see and it says here that when we when we do that we frame things or arrange them set in order uh, complete what is lacking and God in the beginning in Genesis 1 this scripture is alluding to that where God said let there be light and there was light Genesis 1 says God created the heavens and the earth and he did it out of nothing now last week I gave this definition I want to give it again today just for this reason of what we're going to share today it will help you this is what creating means it means to form or to fashion describes both creating by bringing into existence 
In other words, out of nothing, just bringing something into existence or creating by fashioning matter into something new. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are matter. (laughs) Say, you matter. (laughs) And God fashioned you when he changed you from being an old creature to a new creature, the word says. And, And it's in this connotation, something on the inside of you, God brought to life. You are a new creation. Your spirit has been brought to life. You understand and know in your heart, the Bible says, that God is real. It says, if you know Christ, your spirit bears witness with the spirit of God that you are saved. What does that mean? There's a part of you that's come alive that was never alive before. And in that life that you received from Christ is the power to be victorious in every area of your life. I was telling in the first service, our, our, my, our grandson, uh, Carter, they have this uh, teaching at school. that They come in and they teach children not to take drugs. And then they, they let the children at Wea, where he is, uh, make up a saying, and, and they win prizes for coming up with something about not taking drugs. And he came home very excited to my daughter, and he said, I, I have a saying, and I, I know I'm going to win. I know I'm, I'm going to win. And, uh, and she isn't here to tell it. Do you remember, Elizabeth, exactly? I, I wanna, it's, it's victim and victor. Everybody say victim and victor. And he said, I, I am not a victor of drugs. I am a victim. He said it wrong. And he wrote it and he handed it in. I will not be a victor of drugs, but a victim. Well, my daughter went to the art teacher and said, could we fix that? Could we change that maybe to what he wrote? Because he came home so excited and he told her just those words, just like that. She said, you didn't really say it that way, did you? He goes, yeah. And he says, you got your words mixed up. So then now he's kind of embarrassed when he tells us about it, but then he even laughs. But in the kingdom of God, you don't want to get mixed up. You don't want to believe you're a victim instead of a victor because Jesus paid a high price for you to be a victor and not a victim. And nothing in the word of God says that we are not, that we're not going to have things that come against our life, not going to walk through things that are hard, that may make us feel like, wow, I'm the victim, but we are not the victim. We are the victor because on the inside of us, we have been made different through Jesus Christ. And so as we've looked at this message last week, and we're going to look at it again today, I believe that God is putting us under construction in ways that we haven't even seen yet. And if you were here last week, you know that God began to stir something on the inside of your life. How many of you were here last week? And there were things that God began to stir on the inside of you. First service, the Holy Spirit just came in here and people, you could see God working from my vantage point in the natural, in their lives, sitting there, but in the spirit, you could tell God was doing things. So if you'll open your heart today, God wants to reveal some things in your life. Personally, this message isn't for who didn't make it today. This is message for you sitting here in your chair. Hallelujah. Cause sometimes the devil keep us busy thinking, Oh, I wish so-and-so was here. If they could get this, my life would be better. That's never the case. If you're here, you're the one. Hallelujah. Okay. So, you know, we, we say that we're, we're created in God's image. That's what the word of God said in Genesis when he created us in his image He created us male and female. He created us all to dominate in the earth, to take dominion, to make sure this earth was taken care of the way God wants it taken care of. And he made us this new creation so that we could handle that job with victory. Everybody say with victory. 
not defeated, not never making it, not, not looking forward to the future in a way of, oh, dear, I hope tomorrow never comes, but looking forward to every day know that God is going to make a way for us, even if it doesn't look like there's a way. So as we look today, let's turn to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. If you're not there, that's where our text will be for today. It says in verse 15, he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. Jesus was the image of God. What does that mean? When we look at Jesus' life in the Gospels, we see God like that. Some people have a, 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 they, they have a picture of God as God is, uh, he's mean. Uh, he sends tornadoes and he sends things to, to make people sick if they don't do the right thing. Do you know there's nothing in Jesus that you see that ever says that's who God is like. He is the image of the invisible God. What does that mean? What does God take? He takes things that are invisible and he makes them visible. That's what he did with Jesus. He created Jesus. He is his son. He brought him forth in the earth to show us what God is like. Do you read any gospel where Jesus said, well, just be sick. We're just going to make you sick because you made a mistake. No, it says he healed the sick. It says he healed all the sick. So when you think about who God is, does God make people sick? No. There's evil in the earth that makes people sick. And when you begin to think of yourself, I am created in the image of God. Is God sick? Is Jesus sick? Are you sick? No. See, a lot of people come against people saying, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Well, no, you're not. You got a cold and you're sick. No, I'm not. This thing is trying to attach itself to my life. It doesn't belong to me because I am created in the image of God and no evil can prevail over my body. Now, you know, if we begin our life learning those things, then we're in a better position to walk in divine health than we are after we have something trying to get there. How many, how many of you would agree with that? But God's intention was from the garden that man would be healed and whole that we are created in his image so when it, when jesus came he was the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation for by him by jesus now this is very uh, hard to understand maybe in our natural thinking but i pray you get this by the spirit today for by christ all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Christ and for Christ. You know, it says in John 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh. That was Jesus. But he was in the beginning. When we, when we read Genesis 1, he was there. And it says all things, everybody say all things. All things. He is before all things and in him all things consist. Now, if you believe that word, then there is no other God that can save people. Everything in the earth consists through Christ, the Son of God. If you believe that, then there can be no other God. You know, there are people who want to refute that there's only one God. There is only one God, and there is only one Son of God. And people especially come against the name of, the name of 
Why? Because it contains all the power. All things were created through him and for him. And then it says, and he is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. What that means is superiority. He is above all things. Jesus, the son of God. You know, there's um, <clears throat> some, sometimes people get um, upset when you use the name of Jesus, but they'll let you use the name of God. Well, God is the builder of all things. That's what it says in Hebrews 3. But I want, to, I want you to see what the word of God says about Jesus in Hebrews 3. It, it's talking about uh, Moses and how he, he obeyed God and how Jesus obeyed God. But it says in, in Hebrews 3, 1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was faithful in his house. For this one... Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. Are you getting this? Are you getting, then it says, and for every house is built by someone, but he who builds all things is God. God built everything. You know, in, in our society today, we're trying to... to um, put God in a box over here where, you know, it's, it, it, you can have a God and you can have a God and you can have a God and you can have whatever you want. Everybody wants everybody to be happy with what everybody has. The only thing that will be destructive about that is the whole world without Christ will go to hell. Why? Because in him, all things exist in Jesus See, it, it doesn't say God. It says Jesus in him, in Jesus. And then it says, but Christ, for Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm to the end. In other words, we're incorporated into God's house through Christ. There is no other way. There is no other way. And so when we look at Jesus, when Jesus came on the earth, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. He was on assignment from God to reveal to the earth who God was. Are you getting this today? So it's more than just he came to save me. Thank God he came to save us. I mean, that would have been enough if we'd have just got to heaven. But he came also to show us how we were to live our life on this earth. He came to be an image. He came to be a, the express image of God so that we could say, well, I haven't seen God. But Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what he told Philip. Have I been with you so long that you don't know that if you've seen me, you've seen my Father, do you see how over time people get a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this, you know, maybe this scripture and that scripture. They try to build a religion on it. But if you get into the word of God and you really take the word of God and you begin to put it all together, God has made this the way he desires it to be. And all things consist through his son, Jesus. And so the whole world needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. We are created in the image of God, but the express image of God was Jesus Christ when he walked on the earth. He wasn't a prophet. He was the son of God. Now, he was a prophet in that he told things that were coming, but he was the son of God. See, in a lot of religions, Jesus is a prophet. 
They'll admit that he is a prophet. In I think in Islam, they even believe he'll come back again. But he's just a prophet. He's not the son of God. Everybody say the son of God. Now, this is important because you are saved by the blood of the son of God. And you are created in that image. So, so if you don't have an image of Jesus, then you don't, you don't know who God is. If you don't see the living God as a God who loves, who cares, who never gives up on people, who is always there. The songs that we sang today, those are the truth about God. That's who God is. Well, when you have a God like that, you don't have to tell somebody to serve him. They want to serve him. How many of you are going to not want to serve somebody who says, I will take care of everything? That's what the word says. I will perfect everything that concerns you. I will give you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Now, who's going to say, oh, I don't want that God. I want the God that tells you to strap a bomb on your child and send him into a place to blow it up. And then in, in heaven that you'll have all of this, this sexual perversion stuff. And, and that's God. See, that, that religion is growing as fast in some places as Christianity is growing. Some places faster. You know why that is? Because people don't know who God is. They don't know the living God. They don't know that God is good. They don't know that God is merciful. They don't know that God has a purpose and a plan for people's life. They don't know that God wants to rescue people, not kill people. They don't have a view of God. Where is the world going to see Jesus? In us. How? Only if we see him in ourselves the way he sees us. You know, it says in um, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that we have, to, we have to renew our mind. Everybody say renew our mind. You know, we don't have a problem in our spirit because our spirit belongs to God. But we certainly have a problem in our mind. And the scripture that I used to love to say over myself and, and memorized was, it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. That's a revelation. Everybody say a revelation. Colossians 1 says it's a mystery. <laughs> I think it's a mystery to a lot of the church. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But it says it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I do not frustrate the grace of God. What does that mean? I live in the image that he created me to be. I live looking at that image, not the image that I see in the mirror every morning. How many of you wake up in the morning and see Jesus when you look in the mirror? See, the reason God forgives you is because he sees Jesus in place of your sin. See, he sees you through Christ. He sees you through the blood. So when he wakes up in the morning, and he, well, he doesn't wake up, he's awake all the time. But when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. And that blood makes you beautiful. Are you getting this? See, that's what it's about being a Christian. You know, it's not just going to church. It's being Christ-like. It's being who God created us to be. Now, we've got to work on ourselves to get us there. I taught junior high girls once uh, in health. And uh, I said, now, I don't want you getting up and looking in the mirror every morning and tell, looking and saying, boy, my hair looks pitiful today. Or look at that zit on my face. I can't go to school. You know, what are people going to think? See in yourself. I want you to wake up and see the person God created in that mirror. And you are beautiful, and I want you to say that every day. Do you know some of them started to cry when I made them say that? I am beautiful. They cried. Why? Because their image of themselves was not who God had made them to be. Do you know God, I think God cries when we don't see ourselves the way we're supposed to be. God has an image of you, and it is 
to be like Jesus. And he's put the power on the inside of you to make you be that. It says that we will be transformed. Everybody say transformed. You know, to be transformed is something that God does. That's not something you do. And, and I want to say that again. It's not something you do. It's something God does. And I'm going to show you how in a minute. But let, let's look at this transformed. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is your only part in this project is to renew your mind. It is not to change yourself. Can I say that again? You do not change yourself into the image of God. God changes you into his image. But you renew your mind to the truth so that what you believe about yourself is what God believes about you. And the fact that you believe what God believes about you changes you into his image. Does that make sense? How, how many people do you know who are trying to make themselves be good? I used to do that. There is no hope for you to make yourself be good. It's God who makes beautiful things. But you have to renew your mind to the fact that you are a beautiful thing that God is just bringing back to who you were supposed to be in the beginning. Does that make sense? How many of you think when you were born a baby, somebody said, that is the ugliest baby I ever saw. I don't care what a baby looks like. We all go, ooh, isn't he cute? You know, even the ones that come out with the cone head. Isn't he cute? You know, only the mother cares about the cone head. You know, the pointy head that happens when they're in the birth canal too long. And they come out, and they just put a hat over it. And we go, ooh, so cute. Well, you know, God never stops saying that over the church. You are beautiful to him. And if we can get that image in the church and we begin to believe that, you say, but I, I have a lot of things that are wrong. Well, God has a fix for that. He makes beautiful things. He makes them new. How does he do that? This is how he does it. By renewing your mind to the truth of the word of God. This is what my Bible says. To renew is to renovate. See, we're in construction. And implying a restoration to freshness or to an original state. It in, intimates the potential of redemption's power to reinstate features of God's original intention for humanity and a recovery of many potentialities of the human mind and soul as designed before the fall. See, when Adam and Eve gave up on God, that's what they did when they ate that apple. They gave in to the devil. He took over. Then, then we were in a place called the fall. That meant the devil took over and he is great at his assignment of continually reminding us of who we aren't. I heard somebody at Word Explosion say, we spend far too much time thinking about who we're not and not enough time thinking about who we are. And God wants us to start thinking, if we're going to be a place where God's going to give us a, a building and he's going to give us more room than we even know what to do with in the beginning, he's not doing that just for us to have a nice place. He's doing that to send multitudes. Everybody say multitudes. Multitudes of people who do not see themselves beautiful. And so when they came in, come in, we can't go, ooh, you're right. You are not so beautiful. But let us help you. We'll fix you up and then you'll be beautiful. We're not going to fix anybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't try to fix me. Some of you have wanted to say that to your mate forever. Don't try to fix me. Don't try to fix me because I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. I haven't arrived yet. But how do you arrive there? Well, you know, I, I woke up this morning. I had this thought. I think the Lord gave it to me. He said, you know, you just, there's just so many patches you can put on a road. 
<laughs> Have you ever been behind the tar truck? Where, he's, where those guys throw the tar out and then they beat it with a shovel? Like that's not going to get on your car. You know, you're going every which way to try to avoid the gravel, you know. And, and, and he said, there's just so many patches. And then you just have to tear up the road and start over. I believe today God's tearing up some roads in this room. See, and there's nothing bad about that. That's good. You tear up the road and you lay some new, lay a new foundation, lay some new pavement. How many of you be in for that? <laughs> Manny, you be in for that? Yeah. <laughs> Just lay me down a whole new road, God. There's too many patches on here for me. And, and how bouncy and bumpy it gets when there's all those patches. That isn't the way God does it. You know, God fixes things. And he fixes them in a way that makes them beautiful. This is how he does it. It says in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. What does that mean? It means that when Jesus died for you, you could live in the presence of God again. Which is so important. Because in the presence of God is the only place you can be changed. Let me say that again. In the presence of God is the only place you can be changed. See, without Christ, you cannot change yourself. But with Christ, all things are possible. Why is that? Because you live in the presence of God, just like Adam and Eve lived in the garden. The presence of God is in us, so it can change us every day if we look at it. Everybody say, if we look at it. Because this is what it said. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. But we all with unveiled face, that means those that are saved, those that have seen Jesus, those that have received what God has done through Jesus, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. Everybody say, same image. What image? The image of Christ. And who is he the image of? We are not God, but we should look like him. We are not God, but we have a part of God in us. Just like Jesus was created in the likeness of man, but he was deity. Christ in he had he had the spirit of God in him. He was deity and he was humanity. Turn to your neighbor and say, That is us. That is us. That's that voice on the inside of you that says, This is what you really want to be. Now, some of you, this is where the rubber meets the road in this service. This is where you really would like to be. This is who you would really like to be but all these things well all those things have not changed what God deposited in you when he created you and he created you in his image what does that mean he created you to be able to do it just like he created Christ to be able to go to the cross do you know how Christ went to the cross? He endured because of the joy that was set before him. Do you know it says in Isaiah 53 that it gave God pleasure when Christ was crucified? I've heard people say, how could God be happy about that? He wasn't happy about the death. He was happy about the resurrection because he had his focus on you and me being with him forever and having fellowship with him every single day just like adam and eve isn't that exciting 
Now, I preach myself happy. I don't know how you go home. But when I leave here on Sunday, I've heard it twice. And some things I didn't even plan. So first service was wonderful. God just started preaching. And I just opened my mouth. And it was so much fun. I heard things that I hadn't thought of. But, you know, you need to begin to preach yourself happy. And only you can do that. I can preach to you and I can share with you. But if you don't take this in and begin to say it to yourself, and you look in the mirror on Monday morning, I expect all of you to say, listen, I'm under construction, but this road is going to be beautiful when we get done. Hallelujah. Amen. No matter what you see, I am a beautiful thing. And the devil will say, you are not a beautiful thing. Just shut up. I don't listen to you. You're not in charge of my life. God's in charge. I'm created in the image of God. And that's why you're talking to me anyway. Because if I weren't, you wouldn't be bugging me. The devil doesn't talk to people who don't know Jesus. They don't even know. They just follow him. He has to convince us to get off track. And if we're not listening and we got our focus on Jesus, we're not going down that road. We have been created in his image. We keep our eye on the picture that God has created for us. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we've received mercy, we do not lose heart. Everybody say, do not lose heart. You know, I was, this week I was in a golf cart a lot and, uh, I, my prayer life, um, this is my granddaughter. She had her personal best on that day, that day she did. Everybody give her a hand, her personal best. I was cheering all the way. I don't care what score she gets. She is my granddaughter and she is good. Hallelujah. And that's the way God feels about us in our, in our, we're in his family and he's always cheering for us. I cheer for her no matter where she hits the ball. I pray harder when it goes wrong, but I cheer all the time. And so I was in this golf cart, and I don't know why when I was thinking about this message, creating the image of, I remember a story about Tiger Woods, and they talked about how when he was, he, he got his golf swing not right or something, but he had to watch video of himself swinging the ball to see what he did wrong. And then he watched video to show him how to swing it right. And, and they say, you know, if you watch something long enough, those animated type of, uh, they're called commu- computerized golf swings. And that's how you learn to swing it right. And I tried to find some of those and I couldn't find them. Corey wasn't here. He's my number one helper in that area. And uh, I couldn't find the computerized ones, but I, he sent me this one and I just have to show you how many of you remember what's his name? Tim Conway. It's, is is that who it is? Tim Conway. I thought it was Harvey Corman, but it's Tim Conway. Oh my gosh. He is hilarious. But now this isn't what we do, but we have to create an image of how to do it right. All right. Now, for the iron shot itself. Now, first of all, you want to keep your feet parallel with the ball. You play a little off of this foot here. Then we're going to keep our shoulders, of course, straight across here. We're going to keep our head right above the ball here. And then we're going to keep our elbows in like this. And then we're going to bring the ball uh, with the... um, Wait a minute. Getting the light all over me here and I can't see the fireway. And the lighting up on that. Keep that arc going like that. The white is. Alright, now, there we go. There she goes. What a shot, huh? Ah. Rough. Rough. They're up. Hallelujah. That's, you know, sometimes we get a blueprint, you know, and we draw this thing the way we think it's supposed to be, and we end up in the rough. But if we keep our eye on Jesus, 
That's why it says in Hebrews 12 that we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Where does God create things? In the invisible realm, he then brings them into the visible. But how does he do that? By faith. Everybody say by faith. You cannot leave faith out of this. God has an image of your life. Not just that you're like Jesus, but you individually, there's something about you that just gets God excited about your life. Now, you may be sitting here thinking there's not much exciting going on in my life. That's because you haven't connected with what God has. Because when you connect with what God has, it's fun to go to work every day. It, it's, it's, it, it is exciting to be what God wants you to be. This is what it says. Do not lose heart. Everybody say, do not lose heart. You know, con- when you're under construction, you're not always where you want to be. Not what you always see. <laughs> But you are under construction. Everybody say under construction. And so when God has us in this place, it says in verse 6, For it is the the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's God who begins to shine the light. You know, when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain uh, before Peter, it says his whole body lit up. And they saw him for who he was. You know, if I could push a button up here today and you all could light up. Because you would. Because inside of you, the light has been shown in the darkness. So whether you know it or not, you are a firefly. But you're not supposed to be blinking. You are supposed to be on all the time. Your light is to so shine that men may see your Good works and give glory to God. But why doesn't that happen? It says we have the excellence of this power in us. It's a treasure. It says a treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of power may be of God and not for us or not of us. Then it goes on. It says we're hard pressed on every side. How many of you been there? But yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Sounds like an exciting life, doesn't it? Well, listen, if you're going to walk through those things, might as well walk through them believing you're the image of God. Because I can guarantee you're going to walk through them. Unless you want to go on to heaven right now. And God hadn't determined that. And you're not supposed to take your own life. So, you are going to walk through all these things. But what we walk through them, we walk through them with a hope. Because we see the image that we've been created in. This is a momentary light affliction. How do I know that? Because that's what the word says right here. That's called a momentary light affliction. This isn't about being sick. This is about walking through life being who God called us to be. There will be affliction. It says, but since we, verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. What do we speak? We speak faith. We speak the image of God. We speak what God says. And then it says in verse 16, therefore, because we do that, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do not look now this is so important while we do not look at things which are seen what are you looking at today what are you looking at today are you looking at the seen things then those things are called temporary 
Let's read on. Don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Why? Because the not seen has what the invisible sees. And he is the invisible God who takes what's not visible and makes it visible when we look at him. Okay? So we cannot look at what's seen. We have to look at what's unseen. And then it says, for the things which are seen are... We should all be shouting hallelujah. What is going on in our nation? It's temporary. Now, the choices that are made are going to put us in other temporary situations. But what's eternal is not seen. But it is more real than what is seen. And that's why what's in you as the pastor of this church, I can believe that you will be all God's called you to be. Because I do not look at you based on what I see. I look at what the word says about you. And, you know, I've had people come, you know, and they're, or they'll run into me in the store or someplace. I had this happen just the other night in a restaurant. Of course, you know, my restaurant ministry there. I am out there in the highways and byways. And uh, I walked in. I ran into a young lady who was coming here all the time. But, you know, she, bless her heart, she looked up at me. She goes, hi. And I said, hi, how are you doing? I haven't seen you. I said, not that I care that you're not in church. I have to, you know, so the devil doesn't beat her up afterwards and said, see, she knows you're not in church. <laughs> and she never comes back. I, I said, not. And she said, I want to introduce you to my boyfriend. I said, well, it's good to meet you. And, and, and God just had me say some nice things to him and some nice things to her. And just, you know, I'll see you soon, you know. But, but I'm not the one who convicts her to be in church. The conviction she felt when she saw me was because God loves her. And he wants to make sure she's safe. So I just assured her, you know, listen, I, I was just concerned, are you okay? Not whether you've been in church or not. Are you okay? Is your life going all right? Why? Because that's what God does. Everybody say, that's what God does. See, that's love. That's love. All of you that are sitting here today, when people don't come for a long time, I call them back. I call people back. Because I know that if they don't come back, or I ask God to put them in a safe place, not everybody's going to be in this church. But when I get to heaven, I don't want God saying to me, what were you doing when so-and-so was running loose and you didn't call them back? You know, my responsibility is to make sure the sheep are taken care of. But I can't make the sheep do what they don't want to do. And the only reason nobody would want to be sitting in here today hearing this message is because they just don't know the truth. If people knew that God would provide everything they have need of, do you think they'd say, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go to that church. They make you feel bad. We don't take offerings here. We receive your worship of giving God. His, we don't take, we, we have not robbed a single person that's come to this church. And I've been here 21 years. We don't rob people. We allow people to bless the Lord. That's what the offering's about. But see, if you don't teach people that, they've got this mentality. God just wants all your, those church people, they want all your money. We are not going to be known as that kind of church. Because there's not going to be one person that comes to this church that doesn't know that we don't receive them for exactly who they are. Right where they are. Right when they get here. Not what we're going to make them into by next week. So that they can serve somewhere. Because we're not into that. This is what we're into. People becoming everything that God has called them to be. You are created in the image of God sitting here today. 
And what we want is to help people leave that mentality and come into the truth of the Word of God. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.